Namaste. Uh, I'm uh, honored to have a very special guest as part of this uh, Dialogue with the Master series, Professor R. Vaidyanathan from Indian Institute of Management in Bangalore. Uh, he's been a distinguished professor in finance, economics, with a dharma perspective, uh, how from our dharmic point of view, how the business should be run, how the national economy should be run. This is, this is his specialty. And I must say I'm very grateful to you for at least uh, 15 years or longer, 20 years I've been reading yeah. your stuff and communicating with you, interacting with you. We are friends and colleagues and on the same wavelength. Also, when we had this uh, famous uh, uh, fight with uh, uh, John Dayal in Delhi, <laughs> right? right? right. I recollect. You recollect. You were, you were one of the our team, yeah. uh, players on our team. So, uh, welcome. Uh, we are doing this live to my audience. I wanted to uh, 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 start by asking you about uh, the Jati system. You see, a very controversial topic, the moment you say Jati, uh, people immediately jump on you and say oh, oppression and it's very bad and Hindus are to be blamed and then Hindus get defensive and say oh no, you know, like that. But you have a very different view. Your view are saying that actually Jati structure is very good for the economy and it is not oppressive, it's actually protecting people. So can you elaborate on that? At the outset, uh, Rajivji, I am very delighted to be in conversation with you. If I recall, I think uh, it was for 2002, on a, one of those uh, uh, Boston wintry evening, I had the privilege of meeting with you at your place. I still vividly recall it. You were kind enough to call me from Atlanta, actually, and then uh, arranged to be picked up from Boston Airport. And it was a very pleasant evening, which I always uh, recollect and remember, actually, with our uh, big dog. I had a big dog who's dead now. <laughs> right. You're also a dog lover. <laughs> right. You have two dogs. I have two. Okay. Street dogs, but uh, they are with me for quite some time. Anyhow, very happy to have have this occasion, you brought up this uh, interesting issue of uh, uh, the jati system. I have always uh, maintained two or three important things in this. First is when we talk about uh, jati, it doesn't mean we are talking about caste discrimination. We are not talking about it actually. These two are totally different things. People immediately jump and then uh, second is, I think you have been writing also, you know quite well that. This whole idea of caste came from the Portuguese language actually. Prior to that we were not having. It was not hierarchical. It was made hierarchical by the British in order to suit their own idea of how India should be viewed. Because they have this in the government service in Britain, ABCD classification. So which is the one? And uh, if I recall correctly, 1881, the first census actually, brought in this uh, whole idea of caste enumeration and hierarchically bringing it and uh, if my numbers are right something like um, you know 1300 and odd caste were uh, listed at that time in 1881 first census of india prior to that there was no regular census or anything but jati was different but they they turned to caste caste so but how is jati economics yeah, yeah. so that's what they did and you know that time very interesting 1881 census there were quite a number, nearly uh, 100 plus who were one member caste. Okay. Only one person climbed and they... And then they decided 
based upon their own idea that uh, how to make it hierarchical till then there is no concept of hierarchical actually because uh, quite a lot of studies have established that there is a huge churning which is always taking place what we consider today as so called uh, lower groupings in the communities they become in the higher grouping in the communities and vice versa so if you for instance talk to some of the so called lower grouping they will never recognize that they are lower caste they will say we were kings you know some yeah. but still i'm get, trying to get to second what is, is the yeah, economic uh, yeah back, second, economic second purpose is, of the yeah, jati we have actually what has happened is we have an uncanny ability to deride anything which on which we can leverage if you look at <clears throat> i'll use the word caste itself if you look at significant amount of uh, economic progress mm-hmm. in various clusters i have traveled there are something like 870 900 uh, defined clusters of economic activity in the country not bombay delhi type of thing there are tripur there is sivakasi there is uh, morbi there is uh, in punjab so like that various places and all of them all of these clusters are the thriving economic uh, activity and boom centers and almost all of them why almost all of them are caste based structures not it's, upper caste no okay. not at all that, that's important it's very very it's it's the including uh, the schedule caste actually i have seen in agra and other places there are it facilitates in several ways one is risk mitigation for instance okay so now we are starting the real point first benefit of caste is risk mitigation yeah what does that mean if suppose somebody fails for instance others should look down upon him as a failure or anything others within the same jati yeah they, they go and help support him. each other yes they support each other so it's an economic club yes credit credit is made available to him without much of uh, security or paperwork because they know that there is a caste pressure on him to repay it's a, it's more a question of uh, concern honor, honor. honor not rule it is more relationship based see we are a relationship based society not a rule based society and a relationship based society has got ideas of uh, concern about uh, fear of god more than fear of law the urban people in india the so called middle class and uh, the merchant banking uh, now groups i can tell they neither have a your, fear of god your 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 I, my students <laughs> your your <laughs> yeah yeah so you are trained them so you train those guys yeah. they neither have fear of god nor a fear of law this is where we have landed ourselves in the so called poorer segment i have i have got loans for uh, istriwala i have got loan for vegetable vendors all of them have repaid it promptly because they are all more concerned and worried about god not the papers which you have signed or anything now so risk mitigation credit then market access whenever there is a newer market coming up for instance i will give you a simple example tirupur uh, they have this uh, export of garments and other uh, one of them who was talking to me his name is actually very interesting name actually he was known as armstrong arumugam because the day armstrong landed on the moon he was born so his name is arumugam arumugam means six faced lord subramanya so when some new uh, market in europe was available he just encouraged his own uh, community people to take up that he, it was it is not in terms of a major conflict or anything i asked why you didn't do it so is it like a chamber of commerce 
Sort of. You, you know, can there is, call a, it. There is this uh, chamber of commerce of people who are in one industry or another. Industry. Yeah, except this chamber of commerce are all, you know, what you may loosely call uh, suited, booted and tied and, you know, have all those. Uh, these people don't have any of those uh, type of things. They are mostly dhoti clad, paan chewing and but they may not answer. even speak English. But what, what is the secret to that they are saying, okay, we'll be a club. We are all fishermen or we are all growing the same thing. Yeah. We are not competing against each other. Yeah. So what is the secret to cooperation, not competition? Secret to cooperation is because they, they their view of the world in terms of business is the opportunities are so large. So there is no need for you know only me or... The other thing is also very interesting. There is an opportunity to take over the uh, activities of another uh, caste person from the same uh, location in Tirupur. I was talking to him, why did you not, uh, you know, grab it? He says, no, sir, that is not normally done. It doesn't, you know. So they will not do hostile takeover. They no. will not try to wipe out a no. competitor. It says it's not required. It's actually. not within the honor. It's not within the honor. They have, they say that, actually, see, their welt and shung, what you may loosely call worldview is, that the, you know, it's much larger opportunities and other things. And they don't operate on the, you know, Yvonne Boyeski's, you know, greed is good. No, they don't operate on that actually. They accumulate wealth and then they share it. Very important. They, you all, you know, many of them have told me the greatest character in Mahabharata is Karna. Not Arjuna, not Krishna. For the simple reason, he shared. So that is what we should do, sir. Our life is short. So what is the point in, you know, like, so this, I think we have to understand that this whole uh, group's uh, approach towards uh, business and activity is totally different. So risk mitigation, credit, market access, and also encouraging youngsters. For instance, uh, I think you should be you are much more familiar with that. The Patels who started the motels in the western coast of US, you know, practically they have captured the entire motel. They have encouraged a large number of people of their own community. Yeah, when, if you are a Patel, they will set you up. Yes. They will get you a motel. Correct. You are in business. Yes. So that is the thing. Or, you know, you go to this Antwerp, you know, that small group of, uh, you know, this uh, uh, people, Jains actually, they are called uh, Malankar Jain or, you no, know, very small group actually. They have captured the entire uh, diamond business in uh, Antwerp. As a closely knit, to the extent when I was uh, visiting there uh, in Brussels, some hotels had this uh, Jain food counters. So I was puzzled actually. Why Jain food? You know, this vegetarian food is okay, but Jain food? Because the customer base is like that there. To the extent, Wall Street Journal wrote a very interesting article. Uh, because the Jews had 70% of the diamond business around 1970-80s. Today, these people have 75% of the business. So, Wall Street Journal wrote a very interesting article. First time, the Jews have been defeated without violence. That's the most important part of the story. So, when you... When as you... A, again, they operated as a very small uh, cluster or a group and other. You see, very important is Caste is a good cluster to leverage on it. Okay, but I'll tell you something. So you mentioned good thing is credit, market access. Uh, what was the first one? Risk mitigation. Risk mitigation, which is fourth one also. Yeah, risk uh, mitigation, market access, credit, and uh, also facilitating the uh, the our own. Facilitating. Okay, setting but, it, setting but, them up. But weakness. 
Yeah. They have not been recognized. Is does this make you closed? Because you know you're you're only with other people who are the same. So if somebody somewhere in China made a breakthrough, you don't even know about it. You don't worry about it. You think we are safe. Does it give you a false sense of security? Uh, I would not say that. I, I, you know because we we did uh, mention about China. Very interesting. The Sivakasi, one place in Tamil Nadu where Nadar community, which uh, which is now one of the major business uh, controlling group there. You know, one uh, two of their brothers went to China. and then they heard how these uh, uh, crackers are manufactured and used in china for their uh, you know festivals and other thing they came back and set up the they imported some machinery from china and set up the system so they in, do uh, uh, investigative work on yes, competition uh, quite a, and bring quite a lot. innovation see for instance in tirupur the you know it's one of the major uh, uh, supplier of the knitted wear to you know such a highly competitive market like uh, europe actually again they started with uh, ordinary banyan and other thing but they have moved far far again they are good learners and it's a agricultural community actually the founders are not uh, you know uh, business community from the beginning like your our marwaris or similarly uh, you know uh, the drilling for water you may be surprised actually today in rajasthan and madhya pradesh water drilling is done by the community from near erode sankaragiri these are the people who really do the drilling so, of water so could another a- a- advantage be uh, they protect the intellectual property secrets very much ha huh? because they only uh, what whatever techniques they know so fishermen in nagapattinam they told me that this particular group of fishermen they go they go to deep sea and they have fishing boats for that this other group goes into shallow water yeah. they don't compete correct they don't compete and they have secrets on where the fish will be and all that so it's a collective advantage over other people they have secret uh, trade secrets and uh, most important according to me if you look back in the last uh, you know post independence <coughs> period the caste which entered into business have done extremely well i'll give you tamil nadu as an example where i am more familiar nadars and gounders are the two caste who went into business and uh, you know nadars were considered to be slightly above scheduled caste something in the 40s today you know they are extraordinarily powerful business they are numerically smaller but uh, very powerful as a business community in retail trade in uh, matches in uh, you know any number of activities actually truck uh, transport the communities two of them which went full fledgedly into politics the tevers in the southern portion uh, and which to which the sasikala now all the debate she belongs to and the vanniers in the northern belt to which this pmk one party is there they ramdas that these two groups went full fledgedly into politics but they have not succeeded as much as those who went into business very interesting because politics has got its own limitation you know they ask for reservation and all that thing but beyond a point they are not able to uh, you know leverage and benefit their community people i asked the leader of this vanier then why did you not start a bank right because you have so many ias officers you have so many bankers judges in your community he told me frankly it never occurred to us professor i told that is how you have to leverage on your strength <coughs> gounders have done that nadars have done that you know and second point is everybody talks about child labor another thing you go to sivakasi the belt where nadars are powerful where this 
number of educational institution density wise highest in india in that location every uh, 100 meter you find some school and colleges so you know this you know periodically these ngos rush there and say you know like uh, our front satyarthis uh, younger brothers in tamilnad who want to liberate these children and it it will come up during diwali time or during uh, pongal time or something not all through but it is not true actually the women education they stressed as early as 1930 so what is the system today they are being threatened by foreign uh, substantial the problem is people don't uh, discuss this issue what is the level playing field level playing field is between these groups and global corporations global corporation can borrow at something like 1 and 1/2% at the global level at us maybe at 2 2.5% these groups because of our existing credit system they depend mostly on non bank financial companies or money lenders and other they borrow at 2 to 6% per month One. so one is that one disadvantage second is retail trade they are extraordinary there is something like 4 and 1/2 to 6 crore 5 crore retail trade in this country and that is growing one of the fastest growing areas in india is retail trade followed by restaurants retail trade is growing believe me sir at 9 to 9% real growth rate in the last 10 to 12 years every year and that is the area in which walmarts and uh, targets want to enter but the government has allowed it yes but what i am telling is the the walmart or target they are not competing with indian big business they are actually competing with these people so what what has happened is that the foreign companies being allowed are not taking on tatas and no. infosys no. and embanis no they are taking on the little guy and Very finishing little off finishing it off yes. and we are blaming that the caste system is a hindu problem correct actually it is a problem that we've created uh, yes. these guys were doing quite fine very fine uh, like restaurant for instance it is one of the fastest growing businesses in the country again it is growing around 9 to 10% Rest- restaurant i mean small restaurant not big hotels or anything dabas darshinis instant food and all these thing now that is where your mcdonald and pizza art want to enter they don't want to enter into areas in which your ambanis and tatas are already established these are growth wise very so good so they have picked where it's a soft target correct the government has facilitated it correct government is saying we are doing this much gdp growth and what not but that part of the economy is not capturing these poor people the, the, yes. the grassroots see this fia and fda we go on telling like uh, you know suprabhadam we call it in our language you know early morning you get up and uh, you know you pray to lord venkateshwara to get up kausalya supraja rama everywhere you will hear same way fi and fda we are telling but if you look at data 8 to 9% of our domestic investment only comes from fi and fda 85% comes from household saving we are one of the highest savers in the world actually compared to any other country we say 32 so we are doing this to to impress the western world correct we are doing this to impress right <coughs> and we are uh, sacrificing the real foundation of the society. our own society yes not only that you because see there are also they are facing problem yeah but this is your europe thought. is in crisis yeah us is in crisis so europe uh, companies uh, you know find india to be a most uh, you know attractive proposition actually but may i say it's your fault because you're producing these mbas you're producing these people who get mbas they have this complex 
the MBA people have this inferiority complex. They want to become like the Americans and be the good books of the Americans. And so if we can go around globe trotting saying my GDP growth rate is so much, my FDI growth rate is so much, then I feel very proud. I'm not the third world guy wearing a dhoti. I'm just now suited booted guy. I can sit and uh, eat with knife and fork like you guys. I'm also pseudo white. I'm always almost honorary white. This kind of inferiority complex is causing our people to have this policy. Yeah, I would say <laughs> MBA only. MBA is perhaps a very, what do you call it, a good pictorial representation of the thing. But on an average, among bureaucrats, among judges, you know, the whole, uh, our uh, Indian middle class is, you know, we are, I think, genetically wired to the West. Right. But See, why, anytime... Wired as, wired as a subordinate. Because, uh, you know... We are copying them in this way. They are able to exploit us. Yeah. Significant, because we genuinely <laughs> want, uh, you know, a white chapa, what you may call it, right? Good boy. Uh, yeah. It has to be told. You see, 2006-07, like I have been, several of us writing that there is a crisis. Nobody believed that. But when Wall Street Journal writes, then people will. So like, actually nowadays I sometimes feel I should, I should stop writing. I will send it there and then ask them to send it back. Yeah. Then only it will be... Considered legitimate. Accepted. Correct. Legitimacy will come. Otherwise it won't come. So... Uh, I call the, I, you know, you know that. We have been calling them as coconuts. Yeah, yeah, no, that is correct. So now, the Western investment coming at the top, I think there's another way to look at it also, which is pretty, it's a pretty bad thing. What is happening is that there is a, this Sensex is consolidating what used to be independently owned businesses. So there may be, you know, five lakh uh, uh, vendors owning their own business. Now, somebody comes and buys up, buys them or takes over their, their market and creates one big enterprise which it has all these retail outlets but under corporate entity. Correct. So now you have these uh, joint stock company uh, trading on st uh, Sensex with a very concentrated ownership of wealth. Yeah. Some guy sitting in uh, Delhi who's an accountant or who's a yeah. financial investor who knows nothing about it and he's organizing who buys shares, buying, selling. So Kotak and all these kind of banks and ICICI right. and doing portfolio management. So the distribution of wealth is going away from the people who are actually running the business. The guy at the checkout counter, a cash register, is not an owner. So, so what you are doing is people who are self-employed and owners are now becoming clerks, retail clerks. Is that correct? Yes. They're becoming retail clerks. And so uh, from being an owner, you're becoming an employee. You have less vested interest as an owner. Yeah. Uh, and the ownership is being concentrated in a, the few hands of a, a few big shots who are becoming billionaires. Yeah. Because the billionaire, the Indian billionaire, when one can think about it, is somebody who said, I will work with the foreign funding, get some funding. Yeah. I'll uh, take over the uh, one lakh Indian uh, b small business owners, replace them with myself as a middleman and a new corporate structure of ownership. And then I eventually I sell out to foreign guys yeah. like Infosys is always traded, sold, bought and sold in foreign markets. Most of yeah. the Infosys shares are foreign owned. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, basically, these are not. This is not helping India because the ownership of the means of production is outside India. So all these guys have done is for for one generation they've uh, shifted the economy from local owned, decentralized yeah. owned to centrally owned, large number of people who are rich people, Indians and foreign people, owning more and more of it. So they have done that. So actually it is it is the Western 
uh, economic system that we've imported, which is a, which is going to squeeze and exploit the caste people, and nothing to do with Hinduism exploiting. No, not at all, actually. So is the, is my theory correct? Yes. That this is what's going on. Yes, the, but one interesting point I would like to add here is, what is happening exactly is being uh, what do you call undone in Europe and US. There's okay. a significant in, amount of opposition to what is happening here in their locations actually. For themselves. For themselves. What they're like exporting, they're not practicing. Yeah. Like, that is why they are coming here. Right. See, the Brexit or your uh, Trump winning another thing is the assertion of local identities. Very good. Very important. See, actually, if you ask me, the globalization is slowly declined and it is dead. Because it is deracinated, rootless fellows, you know, who collect mileages and uh, that is, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing else, you know, what I call the Davos crowd. You know, they were thinking they will run it as per their own requirement. For instance, in India today, these uh, banks like HDFC, ICIC, private banks, they are all owned from abroad. But government says they are owned abroad but controlled by Indians. I don't understand. Yeah. This is something like, you know, chicken curd rice or something. I, 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 I don't understand many of these things. Basically, you see, the, 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 the elite in our country is, you know, acting as dalals. You know, they and they are not innovative, they are not wanting very to... stupid people. Technologically, not, not, they are not uh, savvy. So, they get, you know, we will get something from abroad and we will get some commission and uh, put it in Cayman Islands. Very sophisticated middlemen. That's all. So, India is being sold out. India is for sale, basically, yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. The means of production of one industry after another is being sold out. And the government can enjoy the benefit of saying we created some jobs, we created GDP economy. It's all short term. This is not long term sustainable. No, not at all. And our service economy is something like 55-60%. And all the service economy is this, uh, you know, restaurant or retail trade and uh, transport and all these areas, small constructions and other, are all actually community based. And all of them are fastest growing in the economy and they are the ones who are whom you can really call the engines of economic growth like i have written about it in my book on india unincorporated they are the engines of economic growth and now they are all getting stifled in terms of credit availability in terms of you know that uh, market access and direct competition with the global fellows and see our uh, lemon juice or you know all these uh, what we used to call uh, Kali soda, you know, soda type of thing where the the marble will be on top and then you press it and then it will open. <laughs> right. All that is uh, now replaced by Pepsi, you know, as if it's a big deal. Entire local juice industry, which is all based upon local requirement. But I am sure, uh, given the nature of the struggle going on in Europe and uh, partly in US, more in Europe, I think uh, this uh, edifice will collapse. But only one problem is, when it fails there, they want to introduce it here with much more ferocity. Much more. And we also, like, you know, failed models, we are very happy. Yeah. As long as the white man says so, right? right. Because it takes a lag of some 20 years. That's what I'm going to say. That by the time we import, the yeah. fact that they've rejected this Western... Uh, right, it takes time. ...free market, like, it'll be generation. Yeah, for instance, smoking. Everybody used to be a smoker here in the 70s. If you are not a smoker, you are you are not an in person, right? And in, in US, they decline in smoking. Campuses banned smoking and all. Slowly here also now we are trying to uh, what one can call imitate or uh, follow them. But uh, I am very uncomfortable with this uh, thing because you are blaming the groups 
communities and caste who have put in lot of effort in order to generate economic growth. And you are just blaming them as if they are the reason for this. Uh, so what is the role of NGOs? Oh, that is another. See, this, uh, this NGOs, there are two broad categories, you may call it. One is, of course, the soul harvesters who want to convert India into uh, Christians and other things. Partly also because they want outsourcing, you know. Huge amount of European churches don't have people to run them. Right, right. Today they want somebody to run it actually. Right. So they would rather have some Indians, you know, go there and do the cooking. Because, you know, the, the white man doesn't believe in that. So they're getting the third-rate Indian fellows who yeah. are so, it doesn't matter. so stupid fellows. It doesn't matter for them because for them huge just, estate. Yeah. Who will, you know, one bishop told me in England, who will wash our vessels, sir? Yeah. He said, because, you know... In a, in a church of something like, you know, which can accommodate 1,000 people, there were hardly 9-10 people on that Sunday, including myself. Nobody, Europe has practically become what you may loosely call agnostic or atheistic. US at least has got some church going still in the Bible Belt and... So that group is there, soul harvesting group, which is very, you know, enthusiastic. We, you should model, you should build a model on... Christianity as an export product, which is not being domestically consumed Con in the West. Correct. And you are how, right. how this export of a failed model inside for them is helping them keep a kind of pseudo-imperialism. Pseudo it's a correct. kind of a indirect control of minds, creating vote banks, creating vote banks in India who are loyal to them. Because, you know, when I come across uh, Indian Christians, they're third rate in terms of their loyalty to India. Yeah. Any time they would uh, praise, uh, dump their own ancestors. Yeah, yeah dump their own ancestor uh, way of life Correct. and praise some foreign way of life because it makes them feel pseudo-white or a little bit ahead, a little bit less brown, you know, that kind Correct. of thing. So this idea of uh, intellectual, emotional, uh, religious colonization uh, as an export to keep uh, third world people on their side uh, ideologically uh, when the product is being uh, rejected domestically. This is, will, is something to write yeah, about. I will. I will start on this. Yes. More important is sometimes what happened, they deliberately cook up stories about the so-called oppression of uh, the Hindu groups what I call by other groups. Atrocity literature. Yes. Atrocity literature. Right. Because and they create victimhood yeah, among these people. It's an old tradition of theirs, they brought it to India. Yeah, they brought and it to The whole economy of Indians whose job is to go around capturing such data uh, to supply to the West. Correct. Because the market to sell this kind of data. And National Geographic and PBS, they put some documentary and try to then get some mileage out of it. So Indians are really making a fool of themselves in Correct. this whole system. I am with you. The other group is uh, the so-called uh, self-righteous or what you may loosely call the bleeding heart liberals. You know, who, who feel the that... Wing. Hmm? One is, the first was the right-wing Christian. Christian. Group. Other One is, is the left this, wing. Uh, yeah. Left. And they have commonality many yeah. a time. The bleeding heart yeah. liberals, they suddenly will crop up, you know. Oh, you should not have this uh, bulf uh, taming uh, festival, what we call jelly cut. Or, you know, Diwali, why are you celebrating? Uh, there should not be any noise, there should not be any laughter. It should be like more, uh, you know, Christian funeral procession. Right. Uh, Diwali itself. <laughs> like that, they create all, you know, and then they also identify many a time uh, the, uh, the uh, what you call, imagined... Uh, Oppression of uh, caste and other. Right. I was talking to some people. I, you know, they told, uh, you know, OBC is very... I told, what rubbish you are talking. Before India became independent, there were 540 kingdoms, which was united by Sardar Patel. Out of 540, something like uh, 450 were OBC kings. Mm. 
they were all kings actually mm. and the remaining were sc kings and so there there were no brahmin kings at all so all these people who were kings of small small you know maybe small estate bigger estate another thing how come suddenly they became backward <laughs> this is india is the only country where you know the ruling group suddenly is termed as backward because of numerical advantage right. so this bleeding heart liberal is one thing which is supported substantially by the uh, what one can call the old white mm. rich in us also right the what i call the virginia rich you know that right. uh, vermont and other thing our bernie groups actually they have this uh, they feel that oh you are killing dogs you are you know everything they don't realize that uh, the substantial amount of this uh, self righteousness is not helpful actually but anyhow they would like to you know they would like to uh, you know present india as uh, for instance uh, you know a rip that is so much highlighted now and the local our media also just imitate that they feel also okay we should also so it is meant appear that every you know second woman in india is under threat if you sit in some of these european and other places the way they are so this self right so these two ngos together and they get huge amount of funds this is what is of concern to me actually if they can generate locally some funds and do activities it is at least <coughs> understandable after all there are some but they are getting actually cumulatively they would have got 170000 or 180000 crores actually and some of it is monitored some of it is not monitored and i think uh, we should uh, this this ngoification of our entire system is uh, a very dangerous trend actually so what do you think of the new government this uh, people say it's a hindu government it's been around now for two and a half years uh, have they made it better or worse and in this in, you as an economist uh what do you think of their economic policies because they have encouraged more fdi selling out assets of india bringing in more foreign control, foreign thing uh, in the name of you know maybe stock market will go up and uh, some people will make more money uh what do you think of all that you see there is something very light heartedly my colleague harold skipper in us used to tell you <clears throat> see he used to jokingly tell some people may rule us but those people who govern are same so these two are different <laughs> so similarly the levers of power are still held by the elites in india who are beholden to the white man's cause so serious efforts are being undertaken but it is not going to be a easy thing i can tell you because lot of imported advisors are there who who feel all solutions come from the big four consulting firms for instance you know the same consulting firm who has got uh, branches in cayman island and virgin island all these uh, tax havens they also advise government how to get money from tax haven this i can never understand actually anyhow so this is a very uh, you know complicated battle but good intention people are there they are trying to you know for instance on the ngo side quite a you know number of steps have been taken which i would not say is 100% perfect but some movement something you know like no government would have ever asked for foundation in the past that you don't have any you know papers you don't have any but they reverse that the, the yeah but what i am telling is this is a, you know this is not a one off type of thing let's not let's clearly understand that because some group of people have been elected to power that doesn't mean the system is going to immediately but i would say sincere efforts are being undertaken and uh, 
I would also say that uh, their, uh, uh, what one can call, uh, uh, their intentions are good. Yeah. And right. finally, the uh, topic of the day, demonetization. <laughs> Everybody is talking right. about it. So, you know, people, uh, I'm living in an ashram for the last few weeks, and so there's a lot of this hue and cry by the grassroots suppliers of things because yeah. they're complaining that they're not getting business. Correct. Their business has disappeared. It was cash yeah. business. So what, what do you think of that? You see, the one point which has not been discussed at all is these 500 and 1000 rupee notes were supposed to be 85% of the amount, <clears throat> which was hardly 30% in the 2000. Now, how, why was it in this fashion? Nobody tries to ask this question. According to me, the earlier finance minister and RBA governor should be hauled up. How can you create such a skewness in distribution of notes? Because for 4-5 years, whenever I go to shop, they used to give me a clerk instead of giving 2 rupee or 3 rupee or mango bites. Our whole economy has become a clerk and mango bite economy. I wrote to the RBA governor, why don't you declare it as a legal tender? That would be much better. Eclair is, I think, Cadbury. So, at least Swiss uh, government will be happy. Happy. So... Everybody will have a Swiss uh, account. Now, this, I think, is... Nobody is questioning this. Why did we become so skewed? One question. Second is, why larger denomination should be preferred? Even now, this 2000, <clears throat> which has been introduced, is the most stupid thing, actually. Incidentally, that is nothing to do with demonetization. Even it was done on November 8th. The 2000 has been talked about from August onwards, that it is coming, it is coming and other things. So I think uh, we, have, we have done things to deliberately make it skewed and also help uh, uh, people who would like to keep black money. Because it's much easier to trans, transport another thing in larger denomination rather than in 10 rupees. And I think again the question is the small businesses, the what we were discussing earlier, they all require actually 50 rupees and, uh, you know, 20 rupees and 10 rupees. That's where they actually do the activities. And that has not been cared about or worried about. But one good thing which can come out of this, according to me, if what I have been suggesting is Mudra Act. If that Mudra Act is passed and all the... What is that act? Basically facilitating the non-bank finance companies, the money lenders, integrating them into the financial system. They are all outside the financial system today. The total uh, credit requirement of India, let's say, is 100 rupees. Out of that, 50, 45 to 50 is only made by banks. The remaining comes from these groups, CHITs, non-bank finance companies, money lenders. And they have to be integrated because there the borrowing rate is 2 to 6 percent per month, sometimes 8 percent per month. Well, the banks give only at 12 or 14 percent. So, unless you integrate in the financial jargon, we won't have a single yield curve in the sense yeah. the return uh, risk curve will not be same for the thing. In order to integrate, we have to have the Mudra Act. Now, RBI has been resisting it for the last two years. From day one, many suggestions have been given to the ministry, government, and uh, RBI is resisting. It's a turf war, you know, like we will do, you know, Commercial banks have been told, you do the lending for mudra and commercial banks cannot do beyond a point actually. They have last 45-50 years we have seen that they are not able to meet the requirement of these groups. Because these groups are mass groups. Commercial bank would rather call uh, you know, Adani or Ambani and give them a bulk thing. Administratively easier for them also. So, 
it is required for government to go for this act refinancing of these people basically you know the money lenders and others should be credit rated and like in the housing we have done that actually national housing bank has done a good job actually because large number of uh, these businesses who provide finance for housing refinanced with nhb similar way we have to look at the credit market because the unless the rate of interest comes down it's not going to help the uh, common uh, customers so my wish or my hope is in this whole process the aggregate rate of interest should come down the small businesses should be able to access funds much more but that may happen easier. because the governments are getting more the banks are getting flush with funds now yeah so deposits are skyrocketing right so instead of uh, unaccounted cash transactions when you have more accounted proper account yeah. based transactions all the money which has come in has now been automatically accounted in a sense right. and uh, some of that will be substantially uh, charged you know taxed at 50% right so even if 1 lakh crore or something <clears throat> 50000 crore will be a bonanza for the government right. actually they can significantly reduce the uh, tax rate in the coming budget right right they can do that actually and uh, so that in the maybe the next two, one or two quarters we may not we may face some problem but according to me after that it is not going to be it will be a cleaner and neater economy see emotionally the small vendor is liking it because ideologically it yeah. is a good thing it will bring down some big shots yeah but in practice but in practice facing they are complaining yeah. they are complaining very because quietly we have not uh, we have not if you ask me bluntly the finance ministry and rbi has let down modi in this matter what would what should they have done differently to, to demonetize first of all there is no need to change the size of the note or anything okay. change the color of the note okay in which case you don't have to recalibrate this 2 lakh atms in this country right why you know start with that recalibrating okay, that's one thing. not required right then second is focus more on printing. i mean they could have had 500 1000 and 2000 extra one if they want it not required even 2000 and other you know focus on what i am telling is what they have done this 500 and 2000 they changed the size right which is not required because right. they changed the size they have to recalibrate the this ATM, whole atm machines have to be changed completely they didn't, like, they didn't have to do change the they size didn't have yeah yeah second is you should have you could have planned a bit earlier and printed large number of small denomination hundreds 50 notes and kept in uh, intact Third but, is, but that is not even a secret required to be a secret they could have no, just printed a large number of small notes anyway they could have done there is nobody is going to question the moyer you print because these are any of these printing processes are more secret than anything else right so uh, that is third is they could have immediately identified all these non bank fellows good fellows rated fellows like your uh, sundaram finance or shriram lot of them and then this mutual funds quite a lot of mutual funds have got so many all these have got huge network of uh, uh, functioning financial people either you call them consultant or advisor branches and other appoint them as uh, temporary banking correspondents make them distribute the funds collect the whole one distribute the new one the banks need not alone be the after say 3 4 months you withdraw that facility for them you could have even asked uh, you know hindustan lever our uh, ramdev's uh, patanjali and uh, itc this type of company they have huge amount of network and all those networks could have been declared as banking correspondents temporary period but the thing is as long as the average buyer 
uh, is feeling that the discretionary spending is going down because his black money is not going to be there. So there are certain type of things he won't be buying. No, I don't think so. Not maybe in the very short later. No, see, Wall Street Journal wrote an article. Bloomberg also carried that the supply chain has been collapsed in India. It's the stupidest thing. You go to any shop, you walk around. By you are in Bangalore today. You go around. You don't. You all the shops are stuffed with enough goods. All the vegetable vendors are stuffed with enough material. Supply chains are. See what happened. I tell you, many of these commentators in these uh, international. Thing. They don't know anything about India. That's a problem. There should have been more queue outside supermarket compared to ATMs. Right. But okay. there are no, you know, in Venezuela, or, you know, immediately they quote Venezuela or some such godforsaken countries. Anyhow, hmm. so here you don't find any any no looting of shops or anything like that. I get my vegetable more or less is at the same price only. What has happened is. But the deflation, there is going to be deflation. For next maybe one or two quarters. What about real estate deflation? That is very good actually because we had an asset bubble, yeah. and uh, you know I shouldn't say that this uh, professor, professor Manmohan Singh, he made a very. I can't believe that he says uh, the real estate is the one where black money is there. See, accounting one zero one tells you if you buy real estate in black money, you give currency to somebody. So he has got that currency. It doesn't get obliterated. What happened is one side of the asset has to be balanced on the other side by money. So the real estate has got black money invested, but that black currency is still in the economy. Right. This is what is sucking it out. That black currency is the one which is, of course, professor's professor is called. He made another observation. Sixty percent of the economy is not banked. Who is telling this? 1972 onwards, he has been chief economic advisor. He has been planning commission chairman. He has been Reserve Bank governor. He has been finance minister. He has been twice prime minister. 42 years he has occupied all the important positions of our country in economic sphere. And now coming and telling 60% or not? You know, can you believe this? It's like my grandmother who made 35 years idlis in her life suddenly says our home idli is no good. So this is. <laughs> well, on that wonderful thing, thank you, Professor. You know, you are you are. I think uh, he's one of the brilliant guys. Uh, in this whole area, and uh, I wish the media would give you more space. Uh, you're also very funny, and uh, it, it, you make your points. I'm sure the people who sit in your class are really enjoying your class. You must be a popular professor. Yeah. So we'll. I'm told you're. You just mentioned we earlier you're going to retire soon. Uh, we have Infinity Foundation India, and uh, we are going to create some advisors and things like that, and do various programs. And we will be talking to you how we can collaborate and work together and take advantage of your pleasure. Will be mine. Yeah, I am very be, delighted about. Yeah, that. we'll do something. The name itself mathematically is impressing me. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right as a statistician. Right? As a statistician. Thank you very much. Very much. Okay. Thank, Thank you a lot. Thank you.